What's up? Uh, how you doing? <laughs> How's it going? This is Chase. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, we have a special guest today. Uh, NBA expert. Uh, expert. Writer for the New York Times and the Ringer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but that would be cool. That would be kind of neat. That would be neat. Yes, it would. Super uh, neat. Mm-hmm. Yes, Chase McClendon. He is a uh, NBA expert. Yep, NBA expert. A whole lot. He's going to talk Verified to us. On Twitter. Yeah, what's your Twitter, Chase, so people can follow you? Yeah, give them your Twitter, your Instagram. Yeah, what's your Snapchat? What's your Facebook? You're really <laughs> overloading me right now. I think uh, Twitter is Chase you gotta... for MCC10. A lot of good content. <laughs> yeah. Is it exclusively NBA? Uh, no. I, I actually not... I like to have life outside my work. We're bringing Chase on to talk some NBA, some MVP, some trade deadline stuff coming up. Um, me and Christian are going to talk some fire festival later. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that whole documentary, by the way. So I might go for an hour. Y'all can just cut the pod whenever you want, but I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here and keep talking about the fire, festival. about the fire festival. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get over it. It's fascinating. Yeah, it so, is crazy. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully we have some, the hottest of takes on that documentary. Um, but Chase, here I was thinking ball is life, and you have other things on your social media, so I don't know what, yeah. what the deal with that is. So we're, we're going to start with his uh, newest New York Times article about uh, Boogie Cousins' return. Pretty exciting stuff for the Warriors. <laughs> so just take us away, Chase. What do you think? Uh, you know, I was watching Boogie, and I guess for me, the thing that impressed me is I wasn't, I don't really realize how good he is passing. He's a lot less selfish, I feel like, than he has been in the past. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Definitely. Like, whenever cause you just think of Boogie Cousins and you think just this huge body that's going to, like, destroy around the rim. But he can, in transition, he's so good moving the ball around. I saw him, did you see the pass that he made to Kevin Durant in transition? No look, split the defenders. Like he, He's never played with this many, like, uh, other playmakers and this many shooters. And so he's fit in, like, seamlessly oh my God, with Steph and Clay and uh, KD. So it's been it's been really fun uh, to watch. They're already on a ten game win streak with him. Uh, so it's safe to say the Warriors are back. Clear favorite to win oh the my title. God. Yeah, I'd be surprised if anyone could beat them. Did you see what uh, Boogie was saying about Steve Kerr today? No, what did he say? Dude, he was talking about who's just saying I love playing for Steve Kerr. Like he just he feels like their personalities fit really well, and he feels like Steve Kerr creates an environment that he just really loves to play in. Dude, everyone so, loves Steve Kerr. Yeah, I don't That's know what crazy. it is. I, I just I feel like their team is perfect for players. They just like really do everything they yeah. can to make you understand, and make you happy. Which is they have five all stars on their starting lineup. It's crazy. Like how do you balance all those personalities and that much talent? But they're doing it. Yeah, I have no clue. Plus Andre Iguodala from the jump, he started off like he took that bench spot with Steve Kerr, and it's been insane. What was that stat we saw today, Christian? Steve Kerr was Steve Kerr. What was Steve Kerr's stat? I don't remember Steve Kerr. Yeah, it was like he's won 300 of 377 games. Oh, my gosh. He's got 80. Oh, my God. He's got 80% winning percentage. He's the fastest coach in any sport to 300 wins. So, my thing on Steve Kerr is that my main argument about coaches is that they kind of have to be uh, contrarian to the public and, like, really outspoken and aggressive in order to be good. Like, you think of Bill Belichick, you think of Greg Popovich, you think of all these guys that are kind of like yeah, – Yeah, they're always criticized for being, like, grumpy or, you know, whatever it is. But, like, 
he just doesn't fit any of that. And he still wins. And he's a great guy. And, like, he seems like he gets along with all the players. And it's it's one of those anomalies that, like, all these other coaches, like, um, are using, like, really aggressive tactics. But he seems to be, like, really chill about it. And he's almost, like, friends with all his players. And they still – Yeah, it's crazy. It. He has a, did you see his joke about the technical foul with Boogie? No, what he's – What is Boogie got a technical foul in the uh, third game that he played. Okay. And so he was on some radio show. Steve Kerr was talking to the host and was like, yeah, I actually – I lost a – a bet. I thought he was going to get a technical foul in uh, game two. But it was actually game three. So, <laughs> so it's like, I feel like he just, yeah, I agree. I definitely think he's friends with his players and he's able to joke with them. Yeah. They're still a pretty young team overall. Like, well, they're getting older. They are now. Steph Curry's Steph, 30. Yeah, KD's they, like 31. They still seem so young. Yeah, they do but, seem young. But like, I, I think it's just because they're still having so much fun. Yeah. You know? And I know. they seem young. Well, and everyone was like, it was like the Patriots, like Tom Brady has a bad game. Everyone's like, oh, he's done. This is it. They had that whole yeah. fucking shit at the start of the season with uh, with Draymond and everything. And they're like, is this the end of the Warriors dynasty? Like, is it crumbling? Dude, and they're, yeah. about to, they're about to run off 20 in a row. Yeah, like, see, was- I feel like they say that about a bunch of teams that, like, have dynasties. They're like, oh, this is it. This is the last year. And then they yeah. always figure out a way. Like, they always – Especially, that's like especially in the NBA, like, my limited knowledge of the NBA, you, like, the first part of the season is nothing. Like, nothing happens until after the All-Star break. You know, Dude, well, the math started off and we had we went on a crazy run. Like our record was looking so good. And now we're now we have no hopes. Now it's almost like, should we just fucking lose out? Yeah. Like people get so excited about one way or the other. You know, the Warriors are done or the Mavs are really good. And it's like everything just kind of evens out after Christmas. It seems like I think the talent starts to show at a certain point. It's yeah. Like, they have, Once they games just, start mattering, people – like, NBA is such a game where anyone can just take over and win you a game. Like, James Harden's showing that, you know. And it's like when it really comes – LeBron showed that for the last year. He doesn't even, he hasn't even played in January. I know. Like, he doesn't care. <laughs> like, he knows that oh, once, when it comes the last couple months, know what he said. He was, they were talking about his injury, and they were like, um, oh, yeah, if he, if he had to come back, if it was playoffs right now, he could come back. Yeah. But it's like, why would we risk this? We're going to get in at some seed. I'm sure they almost care more about just getting playoff experience for their players. They're not going to. They're not going to win the title this year. There's no chance. No yeah, one. I mean, no one besides Golden State is winning this year. The only thing is that they, with LeBron, the one man show has won a title before, so you can't really say oh, that he no. couldn't. But I can't this see him taking different. down this Warriors. Yeah, team and also didn't he take Boogie. like didn't he take Larry Nance Jr. to the finals last year? Yeah, yeah. All those scrubs. So like, this is so different. Well, and the, the West is so stacked this year that it'd be really hard to fight through all those teams. But I think he could beat them all except for the Warriors. I think he – I don't know. I mean, it would be tough, I think, to get out and even get to the Warriors, but then I think it's a sweep. Yeah. Like, it's, the it's, thing about – it's nothing nothing crazy to say, but the Warriors, it's like any single person on that team is liable to have like 30 points. Boogie makes them unstoppable. God. They won a title with Zaza Pachulia, and now you <laughs> switch him out with Boogie Cousins. <laughs> and it's just – it's not fair. Well, like, yeah, I mean, if he can distribute it, any every other person on that floor can take a shot. Yeah. Anyone. Like, Except for Draymond, but yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not having his best season. But, I mean, Clay went 10 for 10 from three yeah. the other night. That's absurd. Like – it's nuts. And Steph's having one of his best seasons ever. Just a quiet superstar season. Yeah, he's averaging 29 points a yeah, game, shooting almost 45% from three, five boards, five assists, a steal a game. He's so efficient. It's insane. Yeah, he really is. Whenever he went out, that was kind of interesting, though, that they what? started losing. 
Yeah, they didn't. They lost like five. It's because he makes them so. He makes them so different, just because of how like he stretches the floor so much. Clay stretches it a little bit, but Clay's not going to pull up and dribble past five people and hit a step back three. You know, Clay. Clay, yeah, Clay's a spot up shooter, a catch and shoot. Steph just changes the game because he runs so much, and when he gets the ball, he's such a threat playmaking and. It's, he cha- he changes the game. He's their most valuable. I've heard a lot this season far. talking just about how big his off ball play is. Yeah, because the word that they always use is gravity. It's yeah. like it's anywhere he goes, he draws defenders. To, like yeah. you have to always. Like he makes the lane for KD to drive. So oh my easy. god! Like Dude, and so now Boogie is going to dominate the paint. Yeah, like no other. I mean, kickouts. Like, how many points is he averaging even right now? Probably, I bet you like 12, 13. Yeah, it's not a game. Ton. It's because he he basically. He's gonna have they a very well rounded stat line, though. I think they don't need him to score like twenty five points. Yeah, a I could see him having like five or six assists every game. Yeah, he's averaging like, thirteen and a half points, seven boards. Yeah, but he's only playing twenty one minutes a game right now. Yeah, he's got. I mean, I'm sure he's good now from his from his injury and everything. But like getting back into the swing of things, yeah, from being out for so long, that's got to be tough for anybody. So I'm it's sure crazy. conditioning stuff is a little bit of a factor. All right, but this is a good transition into the MVP race. Um, I'm pulling up uh, some MVP odds. Oh, God. For the I'm NBA. Curious. I want to guess. Yeah, okay. So who, who do you all think are the favorites for the NBA MVP? Oh, it's the, I'm saying Harden's number one. Yeah. It's, it's got to be Harden and then Giannis. Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Steph. And then I'd say Steph and Anthony Davis are probably pretty close. Steph and Anthony Davis. I think they're three and four are interchangeable. So James Harden is plus 150. Giannis is also plus 150. Really? LeBron is plus 800. Steph is plus 1,100. And Kawhi is plus 1,200. Dude, so they gave LeBron good odds even though he's missed a freaking month. That's insane. Yeah. So they know he's going to come back and just uh, take oh, I mean, over. He, he just like – Even point, if he does, I, I can't give the, oh the God, MB, no. MVP this – like to LeBron right there. No, I agree. It's you just miss too many games. Yeah. It's not your fault. You're a beast while you're playing. You just did, can't do it. Did either of y'all watch that game where he got hurt against the Warriors? Yeah. I didn't watch it, no. Dude, before he went out, he was, was he going off? Oh, it was free reign. It was like wait, wait, that was on Christmas, right? It was. It yeah, was before, oh wait, I did watch that. It yeah, was before Boogie was there though, so it might have been different, but it was like no one could stop if he went into the lane, it was points every single time. It's but, insane. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just feel like he's missed too many games at this point. Yeah, I, I think he's missed too many games. I think I think that I'm surprised that uh, Giannis and Harden have the same odds. Like, I think Harden's a pretty good bet right now. Oh, I totally think so too. Well, it's like if it's if you get above even odds for James Harden right now. So his his streak for unassisted points officially in tonight. Yeah, it's on three hundred and three hundred four points without an assist consecutive. <laughs> It's insane. God, yeah. I just, yeah, I read like 290, but I guess it's up even more now. Yeah, That's well, because he had like 15 to 9. Whenever, whenever, yeah. though, like whenever you look at his stat lines at the end of the night, I saw 35 points for, for James Harden the other night and was like, oh, kind of off night for the dude. Yeah, he's shooting 44% from the field and averaging 36. That's insane. 36 points a game. I was talking to someone about him earlier, though, and it's like if you watch him play, and honestly, if you look at his stat lines, it's not like he's just – percentages and everything he's not just throwing up a ton of shots it's like he's just i mean sometimes he does he does take a lot of threes yeah but he's he's scoring efficiently and he's not selfish with the ball it's not like he's just russell westbrook a couple years ago trying to pad his stats in a triple double every time you know hey 
Uh, Jack, yeah. is, is Jokic up there in the MVP race? No, I don't think he's, he's, he's not. He was up there earlier. He's right now plus 5,000. Ahead of him is Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis. Damn, yeah. Uh, named earlier, plus Kawhi. Dude, I think a big part of MVP stuff, too, is the story around it. Like, yeah. like it or not. Because it's like, if you, besides this year, LeBron wins MVP almost – if you're literally just looking at the most valuable player on that team, yeah, literally, when is LeBron not going to be the most valuable player on the team? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's definitely the it's story. You're right, you get boring. Well, that's why that because that's why Russell Westbrook won because James Harden should have won that year too, the year Russell Westbrook won. See, I, didn't, I didn't, I don't know what his stats were like that year. His, it was he was averaged like thirty-one points a game, like eight boards, nine assists, and Russell averaged like. A triple double, but the the Rockets also won like sixty five games. Dude, that's the thing. That's and what I love so much. It's about, like that's why I like Harden so much. It's like he is winning games. Yeah, it's not just stats, dude. Yeah, it's they're games. winning so many games. And Chris Paul's out right now. Who else is out for them? They have I think another... Chris Paul didn't Chris Paul come back? No, Chris tonight? Paul came back tonight. Yeah. But uh, James Harden still had three. Dude, Clint Capella went out. Yeah, and they're dude, still he's playing. With, he's playing with Kenneth Fareed, <laughs> who like. I haven't – like, he went to Moorhead State, and, like, he's been in a closet no. for eight years. Austin Rivers, they picked up this season, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, they did. Hasn't he been a pretty clutch pick? Yeah, up, which is weird because it's – when Austin Rivers is one of your better players, <laughs> that's a problem for your roster. And he fits with James Harden because he can carry the ball up the court and relieve a little bit of pressure, and he likes taking shots, and it just works. Dude, I, the biggest – I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit about Antetokounmpo, too. Yeah. Like, he's – I do think he's great. And I think he's averaging, like, like maybe 27 a game. Like, he's got pretty comparable stats, you know, across the board. Yeah. Harden has more points, like, a little bit – a couple more steals per game. Well, the thing is, uh, Giannis has, is averaging 13 boards a game. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And 27 points. Dude, he's just a weird player. Like, just – he's an anomaly, you know? Like, Greek freak – Everyone says it, but it's the most apt name for him. Yeah, the reason, the argument for him is across the board, he's got like 26 points a game, 12.7 boards per game, almost six assists, a steal and a half, and a block and a half per game. Dude. He's just across the board, just an animal. He there, so this is a crazy setup. Plus, they have the best record in the East, right? Yeah. So I if think you so. count wins, like that, you got to factor that in. I was watching. I watched them play Dallas a couple of days ago. Yeah, and. This stat was crazy to me. They are at, because of because of Giannis and their other playmakers around in the contested area around the rim. They're shooting sixty eight percent because of him. Literally, like I would, he's just an impossible player to guard around the rim because it's like he is so long. Like even so, they had uh, DJ on him. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. DeAndre Jordan. It was like like he could not stop him because he's so fast. He's so big. Like. It was like he went down three times in a row, got three fouls on DeAndre Jordan. What? Yeah, it's like he's just he's, – He's so big is the thing. He's so long. And he's 24, right? Is that, is that yeah, he's, he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, like his his MVPs are going to come. And maybe he's going to I don't think his is this year. No. He, he's going to be the best player in basketball. Like I think two years. He might already be the best player in basketball. He but knows, yeah, to, be, to the point where he can like take – like he can win – championships solely based on how good he is, I think he's a year or two away. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think whenever your comp, your rival is averaging 52 points over five-game stretches and, Brit, like, up there with Wilt Chamberlain for scoring, yeah. then and that's, the, the that's sto- like. The story's better, dude. 
36 points a game for Harden, six and a half boards, eight and a half assists, two steals. Dude, he had 61 at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And the top, not just 61 points, at the end of the game, he had a steal, went down, dunked it, won the game. Dude, like, yeah. That's dude, that's, that, that is your most valuable player in the NBA. That's like, this dude means everything to the Rockets. He's been carrying them to wins, too, because they've been winning. Oh, with dude, him, they, like they, they without kind of... every, without anyone, like he's just putting them on their back. Yeah, he really is, and he's also got to be like, got to be up there for one of the best scorers in NBA history. Dude, it's because he has totally hacked scoring, and he, he yes. doesn't. It almost doesn't matter how he shoots from the field; it really doesn't. Like he, he's had forty and fifty point nights on like he'll go like one for seventeen from three, and he'll have forty points. It's yeah. like. <laughs> It's like, dude, that's that nuts. Sense. He's he's also he's averaging the only people who have ever averaged if he continues at this for the rest of his career or for the rest of the season, thirty six point two points per game. The only people that have scored more points than him in a per game in a season are Wilt Chamberlain <laughs> and one season from Michael Jordan. That's it. Oh my god! Damn. And, Michael Jordan averaged 37 points per game in 86-87. All right, but does he travel? Uh, <laughs> no. I, I think so, but it's like – It's a gather. The, the it's a gather. gather. It's, like, it's like definitely travels, but does he look really smooth doing it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, like when you watch it live, it doesn't look like it travels. But then they I mean? slow it down in slow motion. It's like how does this dude just – is he like magician? How oh, yeah. Just pull when they do it in slow motion, it so looks it's like so painfully travel. obvious. Yeah. It's bad. So, how – okay, give me the story for how Giannis wins the MVP. I think – What has to happen? James Harden has to start not scoring, like, just crazy numbers. So, like, Chris Paul comes back, and he gets a little tired, and they, they start spreading well, it out a little bit honestly, more? Honestly, that, I think, is one. But I think even – I think even if – besides points – I think if the Rockets start losing games, like I think if you spin up crazy numbers, but they don't, they stop uh, losing like they are. Yeah, I think that's a big fact because that's like that's one of the things. Because right now they're missing. fourth in the West. Yeah, they're doing. Oh, they're yeah. doing fantastic. Who's ahead of them? Like Denver, uh, Golden State, and I think I think Portland. Yes, that's right. That yeah. is. Um, but that has to happen. And Giannis, I mean, Giannis' stats aren't bad. He's doing fine. Like, oh, he's putting up in a close to MVP caliber season. I do think he would need some kind of like, like a last minute push. It's like if they're running the mile, he's that last hundred meters. Yeah. It's like, all right, dude, you really got to, you've got to do. I something. think he needs to get his points per game up a little bit. Yeah. Like I, I think if oh, whatever the guy ahead of you is ten points. Ahead yeah, of you. I think I think the way for him to him to win it is he's gonna have to have like April. And, and like this, you know, April and March, he's going to have to average like 32, 33 points a game and get him up to get him up to like 28 points a game. I think he could, he could and, and then say Harden falls to like 33, 34 and they start losing games. They finish like sixth in the West. Mm-hmm. Then I, I think that could definitely be the route. What do you think, Christian? I mean, it depends on like, if it, is it just a st- uh, statistics thing or is it? More no, than that, like oh, so. It, is it is it, is it James story. Harden? Is it James yeah, Harden? Sorry. Like the Houston Rockets wouldn't be a fifth seed without James Harden, or and is it oh, like? Is oh, it, if you're it, talking about that, then <laughs> if if it's by that, if it's by that metric, and this oh. has always been the argument because it's like okay, LeBron should have won the MVP every year because the Cavs wouldn't have made the playoffs without. Yes, yeah, so, so it's like oh, that, that's every, any year. Dude, you're, you're, you're watching it. You're watching it this year. The difference 
they probably won 16 games this year, I'd bet. Maybe, maybe like one or two more. The Cavs so yes. far? They've won 10 games. Oh, my God. And last year they went to the finals. Yeah. Like, he should like if that that's not what it is though. It's like yeah, it's it's like the player with the best season, I think is kind of what the award is. That's what I've that's what I've gathered from like years of like watching who wins. Yeah. That's what I think the best way to look at it if you're trying to guess who who is gonna win. The player with the best team and individual season. I think the way the Bucks win it is it they have to go on like a if they go on like a twenty game winning streak oh and oh, he starts totally I think could. I think that's how Giannis wins. But right now, in my mind, I think that I think Harden is so far ahead. Like he's. Yeah, I don't think he's as far ahead as people think. So how much of it? How much of it is like national recognition? Because like Harden, Harden has got a lot more of that. Like no, that's what that's why that's why Giannis needs a twenty game win streak. Yeah, because he like he's in a small market team, so he's not talked about as much. And it's like even if he was, I think people are still talking more about Harden because of how Chris Paul left. And how, you know, 61 at Madison Square Garden, like, those are things that give him national recognition that might play in the actual MVP race. Dude, this is, this is a weird take, honestly, but I feel like it's, like, now it's 2019 and social media is so big. And Giannis, I think, one thing that he can do He owns more, social media. Dude, one thing I think he can do more than James Harden is put up just highlight reels, dude. Dude, yeah, he yams like, on people. I think, I think if you see him just with, like, just mind-boggling plays. Like, yeah. do you remember last year when he jumped over a dude to yes. dunk? The dude was like 6'8". I forget who it was. It's like, dude, if you can string a couple of those together in like April, dude, he got then it's like, every, then all these voters. Shit, he did jump over a, a center, you know, to dunk the ball. That was bad. So, I mean, Jack, so that, tell me this. Like, your, yeah. your knock on Westbrook getting, uh, averaging a triple-double is that he's not, like, he did it kind of for himself, and he may be not, like, not the best team player. He did do it. Okay, totally. so, like, having 315 points scored unassisted, like, is that not kind of the same thing? Is that not along the same lines? So is it? See, but it's like it, the difference is that – so my argument with the triple doubles is that Russell didn't need to get those rebounds. Like, Stephen Adams could have got those rebounds. He could have passed the ball and moved the ball like as he only passed to assist. He didn't pass the ball to like get the offense rolling. If you watch games, he he literally just passed to assist. James Harden is like when he's when he's shooting, it's to put points on the board for his team, and like there he's the second most efficient person, or he's the he has the fourth highest true shooting percentage in the league. Really. So my my point with my the point, highest volume. My point to all that was: is Giannis too much of a team player to be? Like it seems like Harden like takes on more guys by himself, and Giannis might too much be too much of a team player to actually win the MVP to have as good of a year as you need to have to win the MVP. Like, wasn't there? Well, no, it, wasn't there a stat that, like if Giannis took the same amount of shots, he'd have one more point than Harden over a stretch or something like that. But he just doesn't take that many shots. You know, I think it's, it's like. Three- is this thing. I think one is it's a three-point shooter's league. The the other is that Giannis is having an MVP season, and he was going to be the MVP until Harden it's having an all-time <laughs> started scoring 50 points a game over a five-game stretch and, like, averaging 42 for, like, a 15-game stretch. Here's, here's my reason I think Harden is going to win the MVP is because this is the type of season 10 years from now, you're like, God, you remember whenever Harden was just putting up, like, 50 game, 50 points every game. Yeah. That's when you're like, 
like I'm gonna this season will be remembered for so. But it's like if if Giannis won won right now, it'd be like yeah, like he had a good season. Yeah, it was definitely a good season. But I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, he was just doing crazy stuff. Yeah, like and and Giannis was in the MVP conversation last year. Too. Dude, he started off the win. game. He started off the season averaging like thirty-five points a game in the first like month, and then it kind of tickered off. He he's gonna get one, and he, and he and he could get one with this season, because it's we're still we're not even halfway through, yeah. and halfway through is never the never the way well, to go. What do you call it halfway through? You said after. When do you call halfway through for the season? Well, so I mean, I I think halfway through is like All Star break, but I know I know they're past yeah, the halfway. Yeah, fifty games. Yeah, but we're like, yeah, yeah, there's what forty percent of the season left. Yeah, about. And so, the there's time for Giannis to make the story for it to happen. If they fight and win this, win the one seed in the East, and end up winning sixty games, then yeah, he could. They could. He could definitely win the MVP. But I don't think that they're going to win sixty games, and I don't think that he's. I, that's his. That's his pathway to get there. Harden just needs to keep doing what he's doing that's and finish in the top four. Who would you yeah. bet on right now if you had to bet? Harden for sure, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think you have to. It just makes so much sense. Dude, the sixty-one at Madison Square like, Garden just like put the cherry on top of everything. It's like that was the end of his like great scoring run when Chris Paul was out. Dude, I wonder though. So right now the odds on Steph Curry to win it are plus eleven hundred, dude. I wonder if that's a bad bet. I I just think there's no there's no way that anyone's gonna vote for a Warrior to win it unless <laughs> unless they win like 80, 80 games. Yeah, dude. Which it's just yeah, it's so hard. And it's, a, it's and like, if it's about recognition, it doesn't seem like Steph's being talked about that much this year. Yeah, dude, he's, he's having a twenty. He's having his points. second best season that he's ever had, but it's just it's. It's and being he's overshadowed. It's being overshadowed. Well, it's, yeah. it's almost like it's just, just it's the, the LeBron. It's the LeBron effect. When you're that good for that long, it gets a little it's redundant. People yeah, it's like okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, Steph's great for sure. And then the other part is that he's also playing with another MVP candidate, two other All Stars, and a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, all in the starting five. Oh, no. Like people just don't want to give an MVP. Yeah, dude, I, like how are you going to separate yourself whenever Clay Thompson is scoring ten for ten? From yeah, three? dude, that's. It's just it's hard like, to Yeah, it's like, okay, cool. He's the most valuable player on that team, but he's not the most valuable player but if you in the took, NBA. I mean, that's, here's, I was about to say, if you take him out, they're, they're fine. But obviously, they're if worse. you take him out, they're, they lose some games. Like, he, he just is a huge player. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess him and LeBron, it's like, obviously, massive, massive superstars. But you just, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you a little bit, though. Well, I do want to throw a shout-out to Nikola Jokic. I think he should be getting a little bit more. Uh, like, if I could play – if I could do, like, put a bet on where he finishes in the MVP race, I think he should be higher than, like, 10th. Than, than Paul George, Joel and you can only bet on the winner, so I don't think you can. I wish there was, like, a most fun player to watch. He's so thing. fun. Yeah, whenever he's on the floor, it's like he could just he. I swear he throws the ball and then it just disappears and goes right where it's supposed to be. Dude, that quarterback pass that he threw was insane. It's like instant recognition. He's all, he's averaging twenty points a game, ten boards, seven point seven assists. <laughs> like for a center, he's yeah, such you, a beast. You know that's like that might be the best for a center ever. Like he's beating Wilt Chamberlain right now for that's, assists per at, game. Yeah, seven point seven per game. Man, that's crazy that Will also averaged that many assists. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's nuts. 
Dude, my only my only issue with Nikola Jokic is he just looks like a giant toddler. Like if you just <laughs> if you just like stretched out a toddler full size, just seven feet, that toddler. would be him and Luka and made him like seven feet are, are tall. Pillsbury Doughboys. Oh, no doubt. For sure. And I don't know if you, you, you've seen him play. Dude, Jokic's face gets so <laughs> red. It's like, it looks like someone has just been punching him in the nose for like 40 minutes. I would never think about punching him in the face, though. No, He'd never. Murder you. I've heard, I heard on something. funny or not. I heard that he he he, he like travels with his Serbian like brothers and has these like <laughs> Serbian bodyguards and they wrestle each other like oh all the time. God. And I was like, I would never want to get anywhere near him tackling. Me. I would, would pay to watch so it though. Bad. Oh yeah, for sure. I just can imagine them like rolling. Dude, I wonder. You just have this pulled up. I wonder how a how a Giannis Nikola Jokic fight would go. I wonder what – I think Giannis would – it depends. Giannis would definitely be quicker and have longer, like, Dude, if you longer look, reach. Look at their arms, and it's like Giannis looks like he's made out of steel. Yeah. And he looks like he's made out of Play-Doh. But, dude, <laughs> like, if, he, if, he, if he gets in – if he tackles him, if he goes to the inside track, you know, and, he, and Giannis can't use his wingspan, like, Jokic is taking him to the ground for yeah. sure. I think boxing, Giannis has it. I think Jokic would take grappling all day. Like yeah, if they get, if they get, if like they get UFC low, it's pure interesting. Yeah, it's if like, it's pure strength. Wins? Yeah, dude, these are the big questions yeah. in the NBA today. For real, man. this is what check <laughs> Chase's Twitter for the yeah. answer. Yeah, are there are there betting odds on that? Can we bet that? No, I don't think they haven't made that award yet. I think it's <laughs> yeah. coming in the next couple of years. I think Joe Rogan's about to announce the fight though. It's uh, oh for sure <laughs> summer twenty. He's gonna, yeah, if there's a fight, oh, dude, I would Joe Rogan's gonna be there. I would definitely pay for you. I really want to pay-per-view the Joel Embiid-Russell Westbrook fight, though. Oh, God. Dude. Okay, you, did you watch Did you watch the game where <laughs> yeah. he a post-game interview where he's like, did you hear about this, Christian? What's that? So, all right, so they were playing. Um, it was Russell Westbrook and uh, Joel Embiid, Sixers, Thunder. And so Russell has the ball and is, like, about to take a baseline jumper or something. And Joel Embiid came in just, like, full sprint and just decked him to the ground. Just, like – No, it was – he took it to the cup. When Russell Westbrook. Oh, was goes, he going in? Yeah, for yeah, yeah. He was on the baseline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he comes in and just knocks him to the ground, like running full speed, and everyone gets all pissed and everything. After the game, Russell was like, "They ask him, they're like, so uh, what do you like? Are y'all are you and Joel still cool?" And Russell just goes, "Fuck no." <laughs> yeah, I did see that. There were so many memes made after that, like on yeah, Twitter. And- <laughs> everyone was putting something in the caption and just saying Russell Westbrook was saying, "Fuck no." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, what I'm wondering. Is do you think it was intentional? Do you think no? Do you think John Russell Westbrook's petty with everyone, dude? No, I don't know. He's I a diva know. for sure, dude. John diva, didn't didn't Joel Embiid say he was a diva too? He probably. Did. I think no, he, he did. Like, he's like you know he's always imagining things. Oh yeah, he said <laughs> some shit. I was like, damn. Do you, do hey, is Joel Embiid dating Rihanna? Did I hear that? No. No, no. He, <laughs> he was like interested in her or something. Oh, or was okay. Like, was like, if I become an all-star, like, I'm going to ask you to date or something. But it just, like, fizzled out. <laughs> okay, something. yeah. I probably heard that on part of my team. Dude, I, I just don't know. I think that it could have been intentional because after every time he does some snake shit, Joel Embiid, he always puts on this face of, like, after you punch your brother or something, or, like, you get you hurt your brother, your parents are like, dude, like, like you just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> it was totally an accident. Like, I didn't, I didn't do He's that. like, oh, that was all him, man. Yeah, it's like, Joel, come on, man. You know what you're doing. Something about Joel Embiid seems like he might do something like that. I don't know why. Oh, because he talks more shit than yeah, anyone. Yeah, I, I don't fully trust him. I think that that could have been completely intentional. But 
I'm not saying that what Russell Westbrook didn't like deserve something like that. Just to put him in place, you know. <laughs> I love Joel Embiid in the NBA. It's great. I don't know, dude. <laughs> wait, all right. Let's uh, wait. Enough MVP talk. We all think Harden should win, right? Yes. Yeah. Mid-season awards, Harden wins MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have to. I mean, especially to. right now. Especially yeah, right now. The only thing the I can maybe this. say is like a last point is like, do you think the voters get? fatigue as far as voting another guy MVP for a second year I don't think so I think this season no yeah it's it's kind of like all you have to do if he was having the same season as last year then yeah they'd give it to Giannis but he's after 36 a game yeah yeah like he averaged 30 points a game last year this is my last comment on it I love the cockiness from James Harden too they were talking either talking about a MVP and he straight up is like Oh yeah, I'm gonna get that shit again. Yeah, like, it's he's like it's happening. Like, yeah, I'm gonna he, make it happen. He's totally like he totally believes he's gonna win it again. Oh, because he's doing it, dude. Yeah. Like he's he's putting up an undeniable case for it. Like, do you remember back when we were like, is he gonna break Kobe's record for most thirty point games in a row? Yeah. And now it's like, all right, that's all news. Like, now it's like, is he gonna go to forty? I mean, yeah, I think he, like, I think he should win. I mean, if he doesn't, I think it would be kind of uh, shady unless he drops off. As long as he's averaging above like 34, 35 a game, I think he'll win it. So, what what is James Harden's like characterization? Like, is he just pure? Because like, I don't know anyone. Like, do people say he's like an incredibly hard worker? Like, does he do the Kobe thing where he stays after and shoots see, a lot see, of shots? See, the thing is, he's like, not is the it, guy who talks talent. Or yeah, what he's is like it? Kind like, of an enigma. See, he he doesn't talk about it. I heard this on the. Uh, he's kind of a quiet guy. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard this on the Bill Simmons podcast. They were talking about it, and they were saying that he he gets a bad rap for not being like a really hard worker, but it's just like the fact that he doesn't post workout videos and like tell people that he's staying at the gym till he doesn't stay at like the Houston Rockets arena at 2 AM. Maybe he goes, works out somewhere else that no one thinks he's a hard worker, but like, there's no way he isn't a hard worker. He masters every shot. When you're making that many shots, it has to be repetition, like Kobe Bryant type. The one thing I respect about James Harden is that he – I wish he would talk more because I'd love to get to know him more, you know? (laughs) My thing is, yeah, it's like at this point, it could be like he's going to some gym and shooting afterwards for a super long time. But also if I was in Houston at a bar – and I just see James Harden fucked up, parting his ass off. Yeah, I'd be like, I really wouldn't be too surprised either. I'd be like, I'd be like what the yeah, heck? So, <laughs> is it just pure talent, which might be even like – No, that's no, more, not. It can't be. Boy, that dude has got to have worked his yeah. ass off. Like, But he doesn't – I guess he does, I guess Jack's right. He doesn't talk about it like Kobe did or like all these Well, he doesn't talk are, about anything. Like yeah, name sure. anything that James Harden cares about. Don't even scoring a yeah. lot of points. Yeah, like you can't you can't tell me anything about James Harden that doesn't apply to the NBA. Yeah, I totally agree. There's like, nothing. I feel like it. he kind of hides behind the beard. You know, it's like for a little bit. The yeah, pub, but the public can't really the like they, the public can't fully trust him because like there's that beard barrier. You right, can't right there. The beard, the beard barrier. <laughs> the beard barrier. <laughs> really though, dude, he does kind of hide his feelings behind it. Like I would. Yeah. Lo- we should actually. Yeah, let's just have him on the pod. Yeah, no, that that would clear a lot up if we just had him yeah. on the pod and we're able to ask all our questions. Now that y'all have me on here, too, it kind of yeah. is going to bolster Exactly, your yeah. It's going to go through the NBA. I think we'd at least links. go from three yeah. to four listeners if we had James Harden on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, three we're growing. Four million we're growing. is what he means. Three yeah. to four million. Yeah, in the millions, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to the trade. Let's talk about uh, a little bit of trade deadline stuff. Um, so trade deadline's coming up at the uh, in February 7th, I think. Uh, right before, obviously, right before the All Star Game, 
Um, some pieces have been talked in the works. We got, you know, DSJ talk, Dennis Smith Jr., Conley and Gasol on the block. Everyone's talking about Kevin Love maybe going somewhere, Anthony Davis, the whole Washington Wizards roster, <laughs> and, and then the, the Lakers making a move. Um, but, yeah, so I want to start, since we're all, we're all from the Dallas area, let's start, let's start with Will Mavs talk. Um, so what do you all think about trading Dennis Smith Jr.? Dude, you know where I stand, and I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a get him out. Like, let's get something valuable to our team type of, type of mood. You know, because it's like for him to leave, that's still good value for another team. It's like Mm -hmm. he could be first round talent somewhere else. But it's like we just got a guy who does everything you do, but he just does it kind of a lot better. You know, it's like, like, why do we need you on our team whenever you're just going to drive down the baseline and make a couple layups a game? Like, yeah, we just don't need you that much. What do you think, Christian? I mean, he just joined the slam dunk contest, I think. So. If anything, he brings a lot of publicity to the Mavs, um, but that might be the best thing he does. I mean, I don't know. I feel like he's the like it, again from a naive M- NBA fan. It seems like the guy who just didn't really pan out, and I don't know like when you give up on that guy, said guy, or when you know when it's time to cut ties. But I feel like the fact that Luca came in and did all that he did is just kind of like you so, know. I feel bad for him, honestly. I really do feel bad for Dean yeah. Smith because it's like playing playing point guard in the NBA is a hard thing no matter what, especially yeah. now. You're expected to do so much. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you're, you've played for one year, had a good rookie season, and then this fucking – this European <laughs> superstar from Slovenia. Who good looking, MVP, hot mom. Looking, who won MVP at 18 or 19, comes along and just like – Everyone's like, okay, sorry, Dennis Smith, like you're just not half as good as this guy. Yeah, well, and and the thing, the thing, like what you said, Christian, it's like you said, you feel like he's the first rounder that didn't really pan out. Yeah, and then you were like, when do you get rid of that guy? Yeah, the thing is, he's not, he's not the, he's not yet the first rounder that didn't pan out. Yeah. So the time that you get rid of that guy is before people realize he's not going to pan out. Yeah. And so like we got, I I think we got to get rid of him right. As soon as possible. Um, or I think the Mavs need to get rid of him as soon as possible really to get anything in return. I'd take a, I'd take a first-round pick from a possible playoff team, uh, like a, anywhere in the early teens, first-round pick. But do, you think he, do you think he can be a superstar on another team? He no. can be the number one? Or is he good? Like, I mean, I, I, think, no, I, think I think he could one day. See, my thing, he could be a number one maybe, but not the number one on a championship team. No, and I'm I trying to build so, a championship yeah. team. I think the best best scenario for him is that he's a good stats, bad team guy. He goes to a team that's not oh, that good, he, learns how to score, and he's Zach Levine. No, he should. He needs to become a good bench player, which I don't think he wants to be. I don't think he wants that either. It's like he's he's the guy who likes the ball in his hand. Yeah. But it's like, dude, if you could kind of just improve your playmaking ability a little bit and just accept the fact that you're going to come off the bench, you'd be you'd have a lot better chances. I agree. You know, that's your role. That's my take on it. And it, and now would be the perfect time to try that out. Put him on the bench since JJ Barea is hurt. No, why are we? Because not he's not score? good. His plus minus with the starting lineup so, isn't good. But he's also turns out he's kind of a diva. Yeah, I know. And I, which I don't like even more. I yeah, I'm honest. Did it's you like about this I, I yeah. I've heard he's is he unhappy. I've heard that he's vocally oh, yeah. unhappy. Very yes. unhappy. Yeah. So well, now he came. He there was like it was like he missed four road games or something because he was sick. 
it's like, no, you're mad that we're talking about trading you. But it's a business, first of all. Yeah. It's a business. It's not personal. And, dude, you're a rookie. Or you're not a rookie. But you're Second young. Player. Like, just show up and go to work. Yeah. Dude, but show other teams why they want to have you on their team. Yeah. If I'm or the Mavs, though, though, I'm looking team. to trade Dennis Smith, DJ, Wesley Matthews. Yeah. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to trade anything for future value to surround Luka with. For championship. Like, we need to start pushing for yes. championship. Yeah. Because Luka's already borderline all-star player. Like, we can be a good playoff team. And he'll just get better and better. I think he's a future, he's a future MVP, too. No doubt. And the thing is, our pick is top five protected this year. I think their Mavs' best move is to trade for future value and tank. But we'll I see what happens. For sure. um, all right. And then the big thing right now is kind of the Grizzlies, right? They're, they put Conley and Gasol on the block. They've lost. A, they started off hot, and now they're like 13th in the West, doing terrible, trading Conley and Gasol. Where should they go, and who has – obviously, Conley has more value than Gasol, but who can – who's going to be more sought after in this trade deadline? Between the two? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Conley for sure. Just because it's like – but I don't know who takes him. But he he has one more big contract in him. He's 31. That's not that bad. That's not bad, you know? Yeah. Conley's 31. And I feel like both – the good thing is both of those guys, from what I've read, is that, like, they – Everyone loves them. Like, they're the type mm-hmm. of guy that you want on your team. I agree, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. who. What do you think? I think Gasol is going to be hard to trade. Yeah, where do you put him? I don't know. I can't – I've thought through every single team. I can't think of a team that makes sense for him to go to, except for maybe the Trailblazers. But Nurkic has been playing so well that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And Conley could fit in a lot of places. There's been Mavs rumors. There's been the Magic would like to have him. Uh, I think I think the Knicks would maybe make sense. Let's see what he's shooting from three point this year. Conley, we'll have our uh, producer check it out. Um, yeah, he's thirty five percent. Thirty five percent from three. Yeah, thirty. Is, but he's yeah. He's also asked to take harder shots because he's pretty much their only scorer. Except for Gasol, but I think I think Conley to the Bucks is the best move. See, that would be awesome, dude. I want to see them. I mean, honestly, now that LeBron is gone, the East is so much cooler. It's yeah, so much better. It is cooler. And it's yeah. like you have all these teams where it's like you feel like so many of these teams are a piece away from being yeah, just like perennial contenders. Yeah, and I I fired up the NBA trade machine. Have you guys checked that out before? Yeah. So it's pretty cool. You can just do it, and it'll and you can just fiddle around with it until like a trade works with oh, cap space and everything. Oh, that's dope. It's pretty sweet, yeah. And uh, and so I I found a couple ways where you could get Mike Conley on the Bucks. Oh, that would be great. So Dude, it's that it's, fits their type of play so much. I feel like yeah, it really does. The first one is is Mike Conley for Eric Bledsoe and oh, yeah. like, and then you, you throw in. You can't do it straight up because the cap space doesn't work. But if you throw like like Dante DiVincenzo in there, mm-hmm. you can make it work, which is kind of a younger asset. You can throw in Eric Bledsoe and a first round pick, and then another bench player, and it works. And I think that turns their chances to win the East. I think they'd be the favorites Dude, with I Mike think, Conley. I think if you have Mike Conley and Atacumpo, I don't really think you need a ton of talent around that. Yeah, and they have you Chris Middleton still. All Chris Middleton's a shooter. You could say. 
Oh my god. Yeah. You dude, don't have to trade dude, him. Dude, all you need is a shooter and a guy that can kind of move the ball and get it just kind of act as the intermediary between Antetokounmpo and your perimeter shooters. Yeah. That's all you need in a point guard for them. You know? I agree. I mean so it's if you and and you could so the trade I did was Tony Snell and Eric Bledsoe for Mike Conley and oh, it works yeah. straight up. But I don't know. I mean, is that worth it for See the thing is for Memphis? Well they get Tony Snell who's on three million a year, a good wing player who's a three and D, he can defend and shoot the ball. They get an expiring fifteen million, so they get cap space. Yeah. And then if you and then if, if they wanted See you could you could throw in a first round pick. Yeah, that's. I feel like you'd have to do that though, because it's like right now if you're Memphis and which they're looking at these trades, you know they've announced it and everything. Yeah. But it's like if you're Memphis and you're blowing up your team, it's yeah. like all right, we want some. They're looking to get their Luca now. Like I mean, every team is looking to get their Luca. Yeah. But it's like they they need that young superstar or that young talent. That's like all right, we can we can start. To well, they have Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson's really good. What does he play? He's their power forward. Mm-hmm. He's he's dude, he was the third pick in the draft. He's really good. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, but it, do you build a team around him already? You, you can, but it's you're obviously going to need more pieces. He's not as ready to win a championship, or not as ready to compete as, as Luca. Not as clearly panned out. Yeah, like the, and 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 so Conley. I think I think the best fit would be with the Bucks. He, he could go other places that would too. Be awesome! I would love to see that trade. And then if he ended up with the Mavs, I wouldn't be mad. But I, I don't think that's the direction we should go. I don't want Cuban to go win now, right now. No, we need a couple more things. Yeah, we need we need more shooters, and I think I would like to see us get a, a like steady big guy. But yeah. I don't think that that's like we can get that in a ton of different yeah. ways. What do you guys think about uh, Kevin Love? Any any thoughts on where y'all think Kevin Love should go? What do you think, Christian? <laughs> um, yeah, I have no thoughts. <laughs> no thoughts. No thoughts. I was, I was thinking about this, and it's like, what do you even do at this point if you're the, if you're the Cavaliers? Like, yeah. like you just got Sexton, you know? He's like, you got to trade Kevin Love for good. picks, but you have to, dude. You have to. But, but they. I saw. I was reading about this, and they want to keep it. They want. Yeah, they just like they like the energy that he brings to the team. I've I talked to some league sources, you know. Yeah, they, but they do. Like, they like the energy that he brings <laughs> to the team. Like, I mean, I, who wouldn't want to have Kevin on their team? But it's like whenever you're trying to, you just got you just lost the best player in the world. Yeah, and you have nothing going on. You've won ten games. See, there's a couple teams that I think he makes sense with. I think that he makes a lot of sense with the. Uh, I. Th- Oh, what was the team? Oh, with the Jazz. Because they can't play Derek Favors yeah, and Rudy right Gobert at the same time. They can't play center Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors at the same time. And so they need a, someone who can stretch the floor at power forward, and that's Kevin Love. That'd be pretty sweet. Put him with Joe Angles, Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. I think it adds a little offense to the team, which What's they can definitely right use. Now? Uh, who's who's got Kevin Love. Five Kevin Love. Years. Five years, 24 mil, which is, like, not good. that bad. Not for, for Kevin Love, yeah. Yeah, not that's bad. not bad. I mean, Rudy Gobert's on a three-year, 23 million. Two less years, same amount of money. Yeah. I'm saying, like, I'm saying four-year, 120 million for Kevin Love. 
for or twenty four million a year. Sorry. Yeah, four year, one hundred twenty. Yeah, million? five years, twenty four million a year. Oh, okay. Right. That'd I'm be the same. I'm saying four year, one hundred twenty million. Well, the fifth year is a player option. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah dude, that wouldn't that wouldn't be too bad. And then you'd have to get, you'd have to get Derek Favors back, and like, I don't know, Dante Exum or something, or a first round pick. Dude, see, I feel like that's what you with all these teams. Like them, obviously, now the Grizzlies. These teams need picks. Like you need, yeah, you need some young talent. Because what do you think of Colin Sexton? I think he's okay. I I, I don't think he'll ever be. God, I don't think he'll ever win a championship. Imagine, to be honest, unless he's like on the position right now. Like, just him. It's like, you got put on one of the worst teams in the NBA, and you're a, you're a good point guard. You're yeah. Not, you're not great or yeah. anything. It's like, what am I supposed to do on this team? For real. I think he, all, he has, all he can do is just get better and leave, honestly. Like, get out See, of I, I just don't think he's that good. Yeah, he was, he was just kind of a – he's good. And the thing is, if you can't much. shoot that much and you're not a dynamic defender. What are you doing? Like Shea Gilgis, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a really good defender, so he's of value. Mm-hmm. But like Colin Sexton, not a great defender, <laughs> and he can't really shoot that well. Gosh, dude, and I, he's shooting forty percent from three. Colin Sexton is yeah. What on how many attempts? I don't know. Let's see. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Did your our producer tell you that? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm the producer today, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 48 per game, 2.4. 2.4. He's, oh, he's shooting 39%. Well, that's Dang. actually pretty high. Yeah, he's Higher than I thought. taken 48 three-pointers in his career. So. Oh, that's such a small sample size. Yeah. Dude, I, that's what I hate to see, though, is like these – like he's – a Dennis Smith Jr. almost to me, where it's like, Honestly. it's like you are going to do good in college just because you're a freak athlete. Yeah. And you obviously have some natural ability, but, but I mean, he has, he has three boards and almost three assists and he's shooting 40% from field goal too. But like, that's not, yeah, even, see, he's shooting 40% from the field and 40% from three. Something's off there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, and he's only shot 43, 48 threes in his career. Yeah, I don't think anything really is going to go on with him. I kind of think yeah, he's probably going to get lost in the show. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, you can't just trade him right away, but I don't, I don't think he's a, a great asset. The the last trade piece I want to talk about is, is do you think the Lakers can make a move for Bradley Beal? Why do you think, why do you think they want Bradley Beal? Do you think they're going to try to get rid of Lonzo? Yeah. I think they should. So they're not winning it. LeBron has what? He signed a four-year deal. He – he has three good years left in him, maybe, maybe yeah, four. Think that's it. Dude, I, I think he has thirty. What? He's thirty-five, Christian. Yeah, he's thirty-four. Yeah, I think he has fifteen left in him. <laughs> 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 he's a superhuman, though. Like he's always defied what people have thought about him. Gosh, so I, I don't know. know. I, I wonder how long it can last. I wouldn't think that. I don't think this is his last contract. Yeah. I don't think it's his last, but. Did he? He's thirty four. So he's gonna be thirty seven, thirty eight. He's gonna be thirty. Yeah, he's gonna be thirty eight when his next contract comes up. Yeah, he might get another contract. Maybe like a two year. But barely. Like, 
You're not going to. Dirk can hardly walk okay. in the NBA right but now. Dirk could never do the stuff that LeBron was doing. Yeah, I get that. Never. But it's, it's just like, it's a little different. Like Vince Carter can, can play barely, but like he can't defend anyone. I'm saying the window for LeBron and a championship in LA is three years. That's probably. I mean, yeah, I think that was Lonzo Ball is not going to be ready to be the third best player on a championship team in three years. I know. I know. I think you got to trade Lonzo. I I was going to ask you guys like your thoughts. You have your thoughts on Lonzo. I think Lonzo is a good basketball player. He can defend. He can pass, which I think is super valuable. I think if anything, I think you got to trade Brandon Ingram. So I've heard that LeBron really, really likes Lonzo, and. That's fine. You can keep Lonzo. I think you got to get rid of Brandon Ingram. It's kind of a hot take, but I almost feel like I feel like LeBron might like Lonzo almost because he's so bitch made. Like, <laughs> what? dude, Lonzo is just like to me. Whenever I watch him, seems like the most submissive. Like, so like, like LeBron can just, just like LeBron just yeah. likes being his dad. He can just boss him around. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like LeBron. It's like jump. He says how high. It's like it's just I don't know. There's something to like, that, Chase. I've heard that I, too. I saw an NBA – it was some anonymous NBA exec was talking about it. And this is what I'm – if I'm the – Wait, are you saying anonymous because you can't disclose I can't tell you that because okay, yeah. wow. I, mean, I don't want to cause controversy. You're so, you're so out there. You have so many connections. But, um, <laughs> dude, so, so if I'm the Wizards, I'm keeping this in mind. Yeah. And I'm sure they, they are thinking about this. It's like they – the exec was talking and was saying, like, Lonzo Ball is not – he's not a, a leader of a team. Like, he just does not have the personality for it. Yeah, I agree So it's that. like – I mean, who who else, who's going to lead your team? Like, do you think that they're going to get rid of John Wall in the near future, or are looking to get rid of John Wall in the near future? No, I feel like. Or I mean, I think they are. I think they are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they're it's like, tra- so they're then trying who's to get your rid of team him. leader after this. Wait, are you talking about? I'm talking about the Wizards. I'm talking about. Well, but the, I don't think they're going to get it. Be able to get rid of him. John Wall is not good. Yeah, and his contract is huge. Like, John Wall is not leaving that team. Dude, that's my thing. I just don't think – I don't think a Bradley Beal trade makes sense. Like, I think it does. Or I think it does to the Lakers. I think he'd fit. But it's like, if I'm getting Lonzo Ball back – maybe you do something else then. But if I'm getting Lonzo Ball back and I'm the, I'm the GM for the Wizards, I'm like, really? Like, this is no, you're I'm not getting Lonzo back. I think you get Brandon Ingram, a first-round pick, and maybe, like, Mo Wagner or something. You get a bunch of young pieces. See, I like Brandon Ingram, honestly. I don't see. I, I don't. I don't like Brandon Ingram. I really like him, dude. I don't. I know. God, I don't I, have anything. All these up. NBA people just love Brandon Ingram, and that's why I would trade him as fast as possible. Gosh. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I don't have any really stats or things yeah. to back it up. But you watch him play, dude, and it's like oh, you just have some ability. Like you just can tell this dude gets to the rim. To he moves so well. Uh I don't know. I think as he matures as a player, he's just going to be. This is his third better. year in the league, and he's like having an all right season. How many? What is he averaging? Sixteen points a game. That's good, dude. That's okay. It's his third year in the league. Okay, that's fine. Give him, give him a, give him a year or two, and then that's. This was supposed to be like his breakout. Everyone dude, is he like, is twenty-one. He's okay, twenty-one oh years my old. Gosh. Oh my dude. god, he's twenty-one. He's sixteen <laughs> points. Okay, it's not. Is it phenomenal? No. It's not, but you can't. That's not. That's nothing to scoff at. At twenty one, I don't think. I don't think it's. I, I couldn't average sixty and a half points a game in the NBA, but like, I just don't think. If I'm talking about someone that like 
he is not going to be a piece on the Lakers that's going to win LeBron a championship in the next three years. No, probably not. He, he will need more time to develop. Unless he was a phenomenal defender, he's not going to – like, I think they don't need him to be a great scorer alongside LeBron James. I think he's probably their best trade their asset. Best trade asset. I agree. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, trade him for Bradley Beal, a guy who can shoot and defend. He can shoot better than Brandon Ingham. He can score better than him, and he's more ready to win. Yeah. Dude, am, I, am I the only one that thinks that, like, it's been the second or third year that people have been talking about Bradley Beal being traded, and the, the, the Wizards never bunch? Yeah. It's going to be like, the point. Every, I, everyone, like, I don't know why that is, but everyone wants Bradley Beal somewhere else, and the Wizards are always like, no, we're keeping him. Yeah, it's just they're going to get to a point where they're going to realize they're wasting his his years. Like, they're literally wasting. And they're getting nothing in return. Yeah, they're getting absolutely nothing. Yeah, I feel like some of these teams. They're terrible. He has three years left on his deal. After this year, he's got two. They're going to be bad again because John Wall's not good. And plays well with no one. Plays well. Yeah, doesn't pass the ball. Like, they're they're done. They're 21 and 28 after tonight. And and it's just like it, it's and Wall and Bradley Will they can be a three like a four seed or a five seed again, but they're never gonna win the East. It's just years of mediocrity. It's like yeah, exactly. How long are you gonna tolerate never having a chance at winning a championship? That's what it is. It's yeah. like you can the can the Lakers handle Bradley Beal at twenty five million a year? Yes, they can. Yeah. Because they have so many expiring contracts, dude. They can trade Contavious Caldwell Pope. They can trade, uh, I don't know, Michael Beasley and Brandon Ingram and for Bradley Beal. And that works. They have so many expirings. They could trade for him so fast. I mean, yeah. I'm, hearing the, I'm hearing the same stuff that, like, the Wizards are not – Ready to trade Beal, and they they might not be ready to deal him. Yeah, and the Lakers aren't ready, might not be ready to offer Brandon Ingram yet because they want Anthony Davis. Yeah, oh, if they could get Anthony Davis, that'd be amazing. But that's I don't think it'll happen. Why? Yeah, because I think, dude, if you if you are um, the GM of the Pelicans, yeah, it's like this is your superstar once in a franchise type talent. Like, that's definitely going to be hung up in the rapture someday if you keep him. Like, I'm not getting rid of him. I'm putting any piece that I need to around this dude to make him say. Like, okay, so how are you going to do that, though? Because in one year, you can't. You have no you have no. There's no way to do it. Yeah, like, in one year, you're dude, done. Now, you you now have what? no leverage. Now, what do you think they could get done if they traded away Julius Randle? Because I don't think they really need Julius Randle. I don't, they, yeah, well, the problem with their roster right now is that they they can't play their three best players at the same time, or their four best players at the same time, because they can't play Miritich, Anthony Davis, and Julius Randle. Dude, I was looking at – where was it? It was like Solomon Hill, Julius Randle, and that was it. And for – it was some point guard – what would you think if they got Mike Conley? Conley? Yeah, I think I think, I think that makes sense. They should go for Mike Conley. Dude, imagine that. So, are you, do, are you doing Randall. that? Are you doing that to convince Anthony Davis to stay? Yes, yes, definitely. Dude, because it's like Julius Randle. Still, you're still like taking a huge risk there because he could be like, ah, this is not. Dude, that's enough. fine. Dude, if Anthony Davis leaves, that team is not in New Orleans. Wait, say it again. What do you mean? That te- that team is leaving. That team's going to Seattle or Vegas. Oh yeah, really, dude. Oh, no one Vegas. shows up to their games. Like they are not. That that team is 
that team is done. That team is in a four or five year rebuild if Anthony Davis Which, leaves. Like this could be a completely different discussion, but that kind of surprises me that like they're all about the Saints and they're like a very vibrant city and they're just not they're not about the Pelicans for some reason. Yeah, it's weird, dude. It's weird how they treat the But Pelicans. I think I think that if, if I'm the GM or the owner of that team, I I'm trading for I'm doing all I can to trade for Conley. Dude, I'm trading Randall and who is who'd you say? Solomon Hill. And Randall and all Solomon of that, Hill all of that even, even to a, convince this year's first round pick. Yeah. And all all of that's just you protected, give, give, give like a lottery protected first. Yes, yeah. literally give a first round pick and it's like you get to keep Anthony Davis. Maybe you get to get a top pick. Yeah. You Maybe know? you get to keep Anthony Davis, though. Like, gosh, he could say, screw it. I want to go play with LeBron. Dude, you just have to like, do yeah, it, you can No, but he can't like, do the thing. He can't leave this year. He has, he has two years left on his deal. No, I understand. No, no, I think he just has one year after this one. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. He has this year and another okay, yeah. year. It's like, yeah, it's like, so like yeah, can... he has to play for one more year, but then he can oh, decide wherever he wants to go. But imagine you make a Mike Conley trade happen. And then he gets a year of experiencing what it's like. To dude, you gotta game. try. You gotta. Dude, there's still there's still a small market team, and I think like I think he's already. I don't done. think he cares about it's, the market. He's he said he cares oh, about legacy more than anything else. I mean, legacy, like how about being on TV more? You know, it's like <laughs> if you want legacy, like be out there. Dude, but you know, all like, they have be to on do, like a like no one talks about Anthony Davis as much as they should because he's on a small market team. No, they don't like, talk, about talk about him because he's not winning. People talk about him a ton. Dude, if, Dude they... if, you, if you were on the Lakers, talk about legacy. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, that's but only, that no, but it's only if you win. It doesn't matter who you play for. It matters if I don't you know, win. Dude. That's how the you play the legacy. The Lakers, the Lakers are the Lakers. Like, your no, legacy okay. Name a Laker Lakers. that's never won a title. No, I understand that the Lakers win, but that's just being no, the, no, like, I'm just the saying, Lakers won. Yeah, okay, but, I'm just saying. But, like, I'm, I'm legacy saying, means I, winning. If I'm Anthony Davis, maybe not big market, but, like, if I'm shooting for legacy, it's like I could stay in New Orleans, who is not even sure they want to stay in that same city, or I could go to the Lakers, where there's so there's this history of like really good players that have a, like have left a legacy, and that's what I want to do. I don't, think, I don't know. I don't think it'd be crazy, but dude, at the same time, if you add Mike Conley, it's like if you're the Pelicans, you need like one year of being a dominant force in the uh, in the East. Like if I think if they can feel the team. That is like well, they're in the West though. Oh shoot! Yeah, sorry. Yeah, dude, you just got you just have to put up together a season where you like can be dominant, like where you can dude, really with show Conley up. and Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis and Miritich, and that's a good team. That's a really good team. Do you? They, I, that's I, a really I think good. He, I think he wants to be on TV. God, dude, imagine if they could get to Western Conference Finals. Like, dude, they got it to the semis last year and lost to the Warriors. Yeah, dude, it's like, ah. Oh. And also, I mean, if if something happens, which it has to eventually, dude, it can't stay together forever. If the Warriors eventually do blow up, which they're going to have to eventually, I think KD is leaving. They're going to lose someone eventually. Then it's like, why not try to string together something in in New Orleans, and then see if you can get over the hump, make it to Western Conference Finals or an NBA Finals, and then it's like after that. Why would you leave if you have Julius Rant? I, mean, yeah. uh, I think I think Conley to the Pelicans yeah. makes the most sense. Yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Like, I would love to see it, and I want Anthony Davis to be successful so bad, and I want him to stay in New Orleans. Like, yeah, same. Oh, so I mean, that's just a huge risk if Anthony Davis already has his mind up, mind made up. Oh, he totally doesn't though. I don't think. Yeah. All right, last question: Does Anthony Davis get moved? 
before the trade deadline, during the summer, or doesn't get moved at all? I definitely don't think he gets moved before the trade deadline. I think we maybe maybe not, but I feel like we would have heard more. But it just seems like there was like that initial like everyone was so excited that they're like, maybe this is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's like, what have we heard since then? Yeah. So what do you think? No. Summer or doesn't get moved? Dude, I don't think he's gonna get moved. I really didn't. Don't. He just didn't he just sign with Clutch Sports, which yeah. is also LeBron's. Yes. Dude. Okay. Just throwing that out there. I mean, I think I think he gets so moved. To, I think he gets moved. To say he summer. doesn't have his mind made up yet is kind of like, eh, does he though? Oh, it's two years away. There's no way he has his mind made up. But I think uh, I think he gets moved during the summer. God, what kind of value does New Orleans have to get for them to to be okay with that? Yeah, like, what kind of value are you gonna give? Are you gonna receive that you're gonna give up Anthony Davis? Dude, that dude's – he is, like, top but, five in every – But at some point, it's got to be – okay, yeah, you're right. You, what value do you give him up for? But at the same point, it's like you got to give him up for more than nothing because he's going to leave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just – You got to trade at, at his highest. That's you know, got to like, be, like, be like, hey, level with us. Like, yeah. What are you thinking? Like, are you yeah. – do you want to stay? Like, are you yeah, leaning this said, way or that way? Like, just don't fuck us. I think they should the talk to him, too. Like, this is a business, you know? At some point, you got to realize the leverage you have. Well, and and he's they... going to do that. Everyone's done it. Jimmy Butler did it. Kawhi did it. Like, No, but I'm saying the Pelicans have to realize the leverage they have Oh, yeah, right for now. sure. Right now, you know? they, have, like, they, have, they have no leverage. They have his contract. A year and a half's time. Yeah. yeah. It's like it, the time is ticking. Like, if you're going to – I think the highest value that they can get is probably this summer. So That's why I feel like trying to trade for players to bring around Anthony Davis is the wrong – Wrong I don't know. No, take. no, no. I think I, I think I'm on. I'm always going to err on the side of like, if you have one of the three to five best players in the league, you, you have to that. try. You have to do your best to try to build around it. Even if you're in New Orleans, and you think you're going to move to Vegas, or like well, you don't that, even know that's where you're just be? because people like, dude. If they started winning games and were the best team in the West, people would show up to dude, the games. And, and it's dude. You already said it. New Orleans. Whenever the Saints are are going off. Dude, that city loves the Saints when they're yeah. winning. So it's like, dude, and they why love would, why, the Pelicans too. Exactly. If they, because dude, Anthony Davis is the type of guy that like people are gonna love. Yeah, he's like, he's like he's a catching oops, blocking dude, he's shots. He's like a superhero. He's got the unibrow going on. <laughs> like, ah, oh, I just love him. Like, he's so iconic, almost. Dude, yeah, NBA. his unibrow is so iconic. He's iconic in the NBA. He's he's one of those players in the NBA now that is like the uppermost, like, top above anyone else. Yeah, like, he's like – He's LeBron. He's top five. Steph. Yeah. He's like – He's James Harden. He's Giannis. He's – that's – Literally, he's in the top, yeah. top, top of the players. Like, that's the player that I want KD. on my team that I will do anything I can do to, to keep, keep on my there. team. Yeah. Anything. Like, he is more than a superstar. I think you have to. He's an A-lister. Like, yeah. that's so I mean, much. So, That's a good point. Definitely. Well, yeah. anything else on the NBA we want to touch on? Yeah, I'm about to have to go write a piece. It's pretty soon. I need to get started. So <laughs> yeah. Well, we we appreciate you coming on, Chase, taking the time out of your busy schedule. Yes, thank you. New York Times articles. Yeah, I've yeah. And uh, it's been good. We I, hope to have you on again. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, you will. You will definitely be a recurring guest. You brought a lot of insights to it, so I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Sweet. Thanks, Chase. Good luck, guys. We'll yeah. catch you later. All right, sounds good. See ya. And that was Chase McClendon. That was great.
Wow. That guy's just like, he's a stats machine. He, you might as well call him Nick Wright. Nick Wright, stats machine. Yeah. Stats machine. Wow. He's full of them. Full of, <laughs> yeah. Man, what a guy. Yeah. Did he hear me say that? Hopefully, you he heard me say that. I even knew. He's okay. gone. He's writing his piece already. Hey, I heard uh, the U.S. national team only had like 7,000 fans at their game today. Really? Yeah. Damn. Dude, that's what happens when you don't make the World Cup. Yeah, but they beat Panama 3-0, so, I mean, for what it's worth. But, yeah, that's that sucks. What, they got Pulisic play? Uh, I think so, yeah. And they have this new coach, <laughs> Greg, uh, Greg Burhalter. He was the coach of the Columbus crew. Really? Time. Yeah, I'm just like, ah. Uh, my thing is you went from Jurgen Klinsmann to I like an MLS Jürgen. coach. Me too. And he's, like, he's German, you know? <laughs> it's like he's got to be good. Oh, man. Bummer. All right, what else are we talking about tonight? What's, what else wow. is the agenda? That was good. That was a lot of NBA talk. That was great. Um, I think we got the Fire Festival on the agenda. The Fire Fest? The Fire Fest. <laughs> the Fire Fest. Dude, I loved the, watching those documentaries. And great. wait, it, the Netflix had the, um, let's see, the subtitle of the festival, the best festival that never happened or something like that. I thought that was perfect. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That, all right, if anyone hasn't watched it, go watch both the Netflix and the Hulu version because it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Which one did, have you watched both? Yeah, I watched both. Which one did you think was better? I thought the I thought I thought Netflix the Netflix put, one was better. Yeah, I feel like they put more money into it. Like production value. Yeah, was better. I didn't like the production of the Hulu one. It felt weird. They were using like Siri voices at times to like document yeah. it. I was like, what the fuck is going on yeah. here? It just seems like they cut corners too much, or I don't know, cut corners or didn't spend as much. But they were able to get the actual guy on the documentary yeah and i mean for what that's that was worth, cool but like what is that worth i don't know what it's worth because he didn't he, he didn't, didn't really comment on a anything. lot of things yeah, yeah. he just he said like, like he, yeah you know we thought that it was gonna work we thought yeah. that da, da, da. it's like obviously like we can tell that from your actions like you didn't <laughs> yeah. fucking tell us anything <laughs> yeah uh, and also he would say a lot he would say a lot that he couldn't comment on this or that or whatever yeah or but, he would just like pause, uh, and it was like, uh, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. like long story short, this uh, this entrepreneur who was um, had made a couple companies beforehand was trying to make it big, um, bought an island in the Bahamas and tried to Billy McFarland. This, Billy McFarland tried to throw the Fire Festival, the festival to compete with Woodstock, Coachella, ACL, whatever you, I mean, you name, Burning it. I mean, Man. This was the this was the festival to compete with all of those, and uh, basically hired all these influencers, Instagram influencers, paid them a ton of money, um, built a website, got people to order tickets, um, and then tried to throw a festival in four to six weeks with no infrastructure there, so everything had to be built, stages. Uh, living quarters bathrooms food water like yeah all basically that if up. you haven't watched it just pause it and go watch one of them and then come listen again because it was insane and there's it's a insane. ton there's a ton to 
like talk about about it you know yeah so go watch it anyway yeah. go watch it um so i guess we could start off with thoughts on billy mcfarland because i know we have <laughs> a little bit of, a little bit different thoughts i don't I know mean, if we i mean i'm not sure if we do or not i think that he's kind of a visionary yeah see and i, saw I think that there's parts of him that are admirable which I think I think that's like a little bit of a hot take. Like I think people are gonna like uh, have a little backlash on that. Obviously, he was delusional and stuff like that. But I think like the idea was sound, and I I think he genuinely thought he could make it work, and then it just didn't work. Like he just fucked it up. So tell tell me what in his mind was going on when it was six weeks till the till it was time to start. Yeah, and he had nothing prepared. How, where do you draw the line between visionary and absolutely insane? So to think to think that someone can put on a music festival to compete with Woodstock in six weeks. So the thing is, Woodstock didn't have any of that shit either. Like no, they I, talked about I, that in the Netflix one. But yeah, to I compete with like all the other ones, yeah, I agree. the The problem was ACL. They just sell tickets and do a music thing. Bur- Could you hear that? No. Oh, oh well. But um, yeah, we we missed a lot of that. <laughs> okay, good. I was like, someone was calling me. I forgot where. But like, for example, ACL, they don't have to do the ho- They don't have to do the hotels and the living situations for everything. And the Bahamas, when they're doing a, ho- a thing there, they have to. They're selling living packages. They were selling villas, yeah. all this stuff. So it's just, I think it was uncharted waters, not just for him, but for everyone involved. And I think he thought that he could genuinely do it. And then as it got closer and closer, it just it became evident that they couldn't. But it, he, was, he became so invested that he almost became delusional and thought he could. Yeah. So what, I mean, yeah. So basically they were trying to sell an experience. And so like. And they yeah, did. Think about, <laughs> they did. Think about ACL and Coachella. Like, yeah, they just sell music. They sell. But, Okay. Even ACL and Coachella, like that took years to prepare for that kind of festival. And it was just music and tickets. And this guy, uh, like I'm not, I don't, 52 weeks are in a year. And he thought he could put together a concert plus living plus this experience on a, on a, you know, a private island in six weeks. Well, he had more than six weeks. Stop saying six weeks. Six weeks was six weeks was from the time they got approved on the island to when they could start the festival. Is that the timetable? Yeah, both documentaries said four to six weeks is how much time they had to prepare. Yeah, I mean it's insane to think like that. they like they didn't. Have but my my thing is that I think everyone's acting like he he set out to scam everyone, and I just don't think that that's true. I think he genuinely thought he could do it, and he also had hundred people working for him that thought he could do it too. So, like, everyone's talking about how he's the biggest fucking, like, scam artist on the planet. But he had a hundred people that were just like, all right, I'm not sure if this can work. But, like, I guess if you say it can and you won't take no for an answer, then I'll just keep doing the same old thing. Like, I think everyone there thought that, like, it was going to work. Yeah, and definitely I him. I think he definitely thought he could make it work. 
Ja Rule okay, so... didn't throw any suspicion. Yeah, but then he took none of the blame. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm I'm saying that like my my only point about Billy is that like I think everyone's acting like he set out to scam everyone and he obviously didn't. Yeah. I don't know that anyone sets out to scam anyone blatantly like that, but like there's certain things that you can decide that inevitably scam people. Like Dude, when you're putting up FEMA tents, oh, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, I think it's he like, should have canceled. It's like you he he can't he can't just be surprised on day on day one of the concert that oh everyone's mad at me. Like, where's the thought process along the way? Well, I mean, like, you I'm can setting you up... can watch the thought process in the net, in the documentary in on Netflix the, that one. They they talk about how it's like okay, they have this many people. They need to figure out. They talk about the cruise ship idea. This idea. No, I know, you know but but no, buying a lot all of it's these not houses from him. And not a lot of it's not. Well, from it shouldn't Billy. be from Billy. Billy's yeah, not. He was the. He's the visionary behind it. Yeah, but dude, the visionary never actually creates what the vision is. Steve Jobs didn't design the iPhone. Well, then that's that's unrealistic and that's that's irresponsible to have a vision of four to six week concerts and then dump it on everyone else, which is basically what he did. I mean, we don't know that. No, that's bas- that's exactly what he did. He dumped it on all his employees. Well, we don't know. He for said, sure "I have a vision." Wasn't for this... directly like a part of it. No, I I understand that, but I know a lot of his employees like took backlash from it and had to pay thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, and a lot of them were angry. Yeah, no, I understand. And a lot of and a lot of people didn't get paid for their work. It's like, and he's also in prison for six years. Yeah, like. <laughs> But like, like I don't, I don't disagree with that. Like, I think he should be. No, I don't disagree with him being in prison for six years either. Like, he definitely screwed a lot of people over. But I also don't think he intended to be in prison for six years. Man, it just, yeah, I don't think he. You think he intended to be in prison? You think he intended to screw all those people over? You think he intended for everyone to be in debt and to not pay anyone? I didn't at first. I didn't at first until after the fact he was selling fake tickets. See, I think he lost himself there. I think that's where he just lost himself. So then it's like, so then it's like, okay, he lost himself, but was the intention there the whole time? And we can never really know that, you know? It's like, I mean, you're right. I guess we can never. He was blatantly selling fake tickets. So like that is that to me made everything else seem like okay. Where along the way did he know this wasn't going to happen and still took money from people and still along the way, halfway through. But it's like he didn't take the money to pocket it. He spent it on stuff for the festival. No, I know, but I don't think he spent it wisely at all. And so he he basically paid these artists double what they were worth. But yeah. Why do that? It's this supposed to be the festival of all festivals. They're going to come anyway. Just pay them what they're worth. And then the second thing is like he needed money, right? He needed to make he needed to raise uh, eight hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was. So he made everyone. I know the wristbands. Yeah, yeah, for the wristband thing. It's like everyone who had already signed up put cash on your wristband. Everyone's he recommended that you put at least three grand, right? And he raised two million dollars doing that. It's like <laughs> crazy. He's. I thought the best quote from the documentary was they said Billy is great at separating consumers from their cash. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yes. he is really yes. good at that. Yes, <laughs> that's so good. But 
I don't know. My my I I understand that he that he definitely did a lot of things wrong. But also I don't think you can say that he called every single shot either. I mean like if you're going to put all the blame on him being a scam artist, I don't think you can do that. Regardless, the CEO, the visionary is always going to be I I understand that. But dude, the more market, than anyone the else. marketing guy all the employees hated him, and he was the one that was drew all these sketches and made all this stuff and did it. like the Grant guy. I think is is also just as much liable as he should be. Yeah, and he got penalized too. I think he got a big fine, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think and Whoop couldn't be uh, couldn't couldn't be considered a, on the board or some sort of executive officer officer for like five to seven years on a company but i just have to think like if you're gonna blame the ceo of chase bank for everything that goes on in his organization you can't not blame billy billy mcfarland for the marketing guy's actions uh anyone else i mean like yeah like he's he's the last of defense. That's what it is. No, I mean, I definitely, you know? I definitely agree. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be blamed and he shouldn't be in prison. He should definitely be in prison and he should definitely be blamed. It's just, I, I really, really don't think that he intended for all of this to happen. I think he was ignorant and delusional. And I think he thought he was going to do whatever he could to make an awesome festival possible to make himself relevant in life. And I think he did all he could to do it and failed miserably. Yeah. I think he had no idea how to put on a concert. He had no idea how to put on an event and just what was charismatic enough to get people to be like, Oh no, it'll be fine. But that's not his fault that he got, that he got people to buy into what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, I guess not. I guess they were going to buy in anyway. I mean, they were, what'd you say? I mean, I guess they were going to buy in anyway. If he's as charismatic as everyone said, I mean, they said that he was the best salesman that they've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, he could, he could convince anyone to do anything. Yeah. And I just, and it's like, what about that quote where they either say, you know, they saw Ja Rule and Billy at this web summit and, the guy was like, they're either the smartest guys ever or they're completely insane and have no idea what they're doing. And I think it's the second one with enough confidence to think it's the first one for people to think it's the first one. And then, and then they asked him later and they were like, where are you at now? And he said, Oh, well now I think Billy McFarland's a liar. liar. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's like, it was option C. I mean, it's it's fascinating, dude. It's I don't I don't understand how he stomached that much money flowing around and that much risk at all at any given day. Like he seems so chill about it. I think he, that he had convinced himself into that. Like you know, he said solution focused, not problem focused. And I think he had like got himself in enough of that positive attitude. And he this is all he had wanted is in his entire life is to be this successful that he had done that enough to, to think that nothing could stop him. That like he was going to figure everything out. Man. 
I think he was that on top of the world, and it just screwed him. I think he got that delusional and that just lost. And, and but maybe even he's after, also a sociopath. I don't know. I mean, even after he, even after he mailed, we don't bail. really know ever. But I think I don't think that his intention was to screw that many people over. Like I don't think he's a terrible guy. Yeah, I think he really fucked up, and I yeah. bet he knows that. Yeah, I mean, even after he made like three hundred thousand dollar bail. He kept saying, I'm not going to jail. I'm not going to jail. Like, he's just, he thinks that nothing can touch him. Yeah. And I think, obviously, now he should know that stuff can touch him. But, God, it's amazing. It's So, anyway, it's fantastic documentaries. Got to go watch it. That's all, we, that, it. that's all we have for today, though, I think, right? Yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, well... What a pod. Podcastic, some would say. Yeah. Podcastic. Podcast. So thank you for our uh to our award winning fans. Yep. We hope you tune in to the next one. And uh do you remember our uh who's our who was our sponsor tonight? Our sponsor was uh Tito's <laughs> six six times distilled vodka. Wow. And uh James Harden. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh Future recurring guest James Harden. James Harden, yeah, he'll be he'll be on soon enough <laughs> for sure. He and Chase can come on and give us all their analysis. And uh, and then lastly, the the place that fueled this podcast, Qdoba Mexican mm. Grill. Yes, if you're ever looking for a good, healthy dinner, roll on into Qdoba. They got burritos, bowls, tacos. <laughs> you can get beef, chicken, even pork. It's that's great. It's variety. It's healthy. It's fast food, but it tastes great. Oh my you gosh! I'm gonna go get a bowl right now. <laughs> Whoa, dude! <laughs> Do they have a tagline? Qdoba? They didn't put it on the read. Uh, Qdoba. It's Chipotle with queso. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is yeah <laughs> and uh yeah so go grab a bowl <laughs> we'll catch you guys right. next time see ya love love to the fans <laughs> deuces